one of your favorites i'm talking about jeremiah 29 11 for i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future and every time you hear this passage you get all warm and fuzzy inside and you are motivated and charged up you know god is going to prosper you and all that and that's all good except there's one problem this passage is not really talking about you. Hello and welcome to the 830 podcast. Let's get into it. This is the 830 podcast. Welcome back. I'm Jake Yosei and this is the 830 podcast. And we've been looking at basically how to develop a framework for evaluating what you believe and the foundation for what we believe is the Bible. So we are looking at how to understand the Bible and we've been going through a series of building blocks that can help us understand the Bible. We've looked at the flow of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We've looked at the ways in which God spoke. We've looked at the different types of books we have in the Bible. We've also looked at how to study the Bible in context. The part one of that being doing book studies, studying the Bible in books so that you can understand what is written from the beginning to the end so you get a better context of anything you pick. Today we are doing part two of context and we are doing studying the text in context. So the biggest challenge with studying the Bible is that a lot of us, if you remember what I said in episode one, was that most of us, our understanding of the Bible is a collection of verses we know a few verses we've learned from our childhood and we can recite them on demand and these form the building blocks of our understanding of the bible our understanding of god understanding of theology what god wants us to do and all that we just have a collection of verses in our minds and these although they are good if that's all we have it can greatly affect how we understand the bible a lot of ways even lead us to misunderstand the Bible and completely misinterpret some things in the Bible. So we are going to look at how to study the text of the Bible in context so we can enhance our understanding of the Bible as we read it. Now, the purpose of verses in the Bible is not for understanding. Verses and chapters in the Bible exist for navigation to make it easy for us to get from place to place in the bible the bible is a big book and we need to be able to move around especially in a congregation it's easier if we can all go to a particular chapter and a particular verse to be able to read a portion of the text so the purpose of the verses and chapters in our bible is not for us to understand the bible is for us to navigate the Bible. Unfortunately, a lot of us have developed our understanding of the Bible by collecting or amassing different verses 
using flashcards and memory verses and all of that and and that's what we have in our minds a collection of verses and therefore we most of the time misunderstand these verses because we've just lifted them out of context and we just apply them and at the end towards the end of this i'm going to give examples of very popular verses we think we understand but when we study them in context we understand them completely differently so why should we study in context we have to study the bible in context because it was written in context so for example if i walked into the room and i said oh boy i've been out the whole day i'm so tired okay now out the whole day can mean so many things what do i mean it could mean i've been out the whole afternoon that is the the, the afternoon part of the day it could also mean i've been out the entire day from morning to evening it could also be an exaggeration meaning i've been out for a long time now which of these three am i talking about you need more information by listening to me talk to be able to understand what i'm saying so you if you just heard me say i've been out the whole day and that's all you heard chances are that you're going to pick one of the three i have said and and apply that and you may be wrong if later you heard me explain more or, or speak more about what i'm saying for example if i said oh i've been out the whole day i'm really tired i left home at 5 a.m and look at the time it's 11 p.m i'm now coming i'm so tired that will tell you i mean to say i've been out for the entire day not just the afternoon but the entire day so for example but if if i said oh i've been out the whole day i'm so tired i left at 12 and it's now four I'm now coming home. What I mean is the afternoon. I've been out the whole afternoon. So it depends on the context of what I say or the context I provide to what I say really helps in understanding what I mean. Remember, when you hear me speak, your aim is to get to what I mean by what I say. That's very important because you want to understand me. When we read the Bible, it's the same thing. We want to understand what the Bible is saying, what the author is saying. If Paul is speaking, you want to understand what is Paul saying in this text. And that's why we need context. Now, when it comes to context, I always say that certain words are important when it comes to context of the text. Now, when you're reading pay attention to some key words for example for so that because that is therefore these words give you the hint that there is some an explanation coming for something said previously and normally you want to pay attention to these words for so that because that is therefore for example if you see therefore it tells you that something has been said prior and what is about to come is going to build on that so if you don't understand what is about to come you have to go back 
and understand what has been said before so that you can understand what's about to come. If you hear because, as we know, it's an explanation for, it's an explanation so that it's giving you more insight. That is, it's giving you more clarification. We have to pay attention to these words. There are many other words like this, but these are the common ones that another one is then. This is like a result. So do something, then this would happen. So it's like a result of something. So what is that something? You have to go back and find out what that something is. So these are little things we need to pay attention when we are reading the Bible. It really enhances how we understand the text. And another way to understand context is to look at the context of the immediate verses. So if you're looking at Jeremiah 29:11 just look at the paragraph within which 29:11 sits and just read the entire paragraph to see if it helps your understanding sometimes you may have to read the paragraph before and the paragraph after sometimes you may have to read the entire chapter within uh, which um, that verse sits to help you sometimes you may have to read the whole chapter before just so you can understand what is being said at times you may have to read the entire book just to grasp what a verse means so when it comes to studying in context it's important that we really take our time to digest and dissect what we are reading and and follow the text as it makes the case for what it's trying to say and we will understand what the text means lifting verses out of context just recipe for misunderstanding recipe for misinterpretation and we should avoid that now let's look at a few examples of this and then we will get what i mean now here is romans 1 11 and 12 it goes like this i long to see you that i may impact to you some spiritual gift to make you strong this is the verse 11. Now, if you read this, most people read this verse and they say, okay, Paul is, this is evidence that we can impact spiritual gifts to people. Because Paul says, I long to see you so that I may impact into you some spiritual gift to make you strong. So yes, this means when I go to church or when I go to some place, I can pray for you to impact onto you some spiritual gift. But really, Romans 11 is not Romans 1 11 isn't talking about that because Paul himself explains what he means by that so let me read 11 and 12 together and see how your understanding will change now it says I long to see you so that I may impact to you some spiritual gift to make you strong that's the 11 now this is the 12 that is you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So Paul is not saying, I'm coming to pray over you so that you get some spiritual gift. He's saying that I'm coming to your church so that as we use our spiritual gifts to benefit each other, we will become strong. I will impact into you my spiritual gift. You will impact to me your spiritual gift. So it's not all about Paul coming to give them some spiritual gift. It's about Paul coming to share with them whatever gift they have. Mutually encourage one another. Now Paul explains this further in 1 Corinthians 14. 
now which 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 in itself is, is a good case for why you need to read the bible in books because if you've read romans 1 and next time when you go and read the entire of and the entirety of first corinthians 14 it will help you understand this a lot better but what paul is saying here is definitely not about the ability for people to come and give other people spiritual gifts he's talking about how they share in each other encourage each other using their gifts to encourage each other that's the point paul is making so if you just take the 11 you will you will misunderstand what paul is saying but if you take the 11 and the 12 you will understand so in this case just the two verses can help you understand what paul is saying so this is quite simple now let's look at another one again in romans 4 verse 17 and it says um, the second part of 70 let me read that first and then i'll add everything to it it says that the second part we like quoting is um, who calls into being the things that are not or cause to be in the things that or cause it to be in things that are not as though they were now we like reading this passage and we say okay by this passage we are going to speak to things we are going to declare things into existence now let's read the full thing 17 romans 4 17 as it is written i have made you a father for many nations he is our father in the sight of god in whom he believed the god who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things that were not good so this passage this last bit of calling into being is not referring to us it's referring it's a description of god it says the god who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not so it's not a reference to us it's a reference to god god calls things into being we know from genesis 1 1 god is the one who calls things into existence so again reading this full verse helps us to understand what is being said rather than taking just a portion of it let's look at another one philippians chapter 4 verse 13 this is a famous one i can do all things through christ who strengthens me again when we read this passage i mean we like to quote this when you're going to write exams or you're going to do something very difficult and say yes self-motivation i can do all things through christ and you charge yourself up but this passage is not talking about that it's not about motivating yourself and charging yourself up and and self-achievement and all that now let's read this from the verse 10 that that paragraph within which this finds within which we find the 13 now paul says for so from verse 10 to 13 paul says i rejoice greatly in the lord that at last you renewed your concern for me indeed you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it i am not saying this because i am in need for i have learned to be content whatever the circumstance I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, what's the context here? 
Paul is talking about contentment. That's what's in view, not self-achievement and self-motivation and all of that. Paul is talking about being content. Now, even specifically about being content, he's talking about two distinct circumstances. He said, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I find myself. Now, what circumstances he's describing? He's describing, he said, I, 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 because I am in need for, I have learned to be content in all circumstances. Verse 12 says, for I know what it is to be in need, that's one, and what it is to have plenty. So the contentment he's talking about is also focused or defined. He defines the contentment. He's saying that I am, I've learned to be content when I'm in need. Content means I'm trusting God and I'm okay when I'm in need. And when I have plenty, again, I'm trusting God and I'm okay. And then he says that I learned the secret of being content in every situation. Again, every situation here is defined. And he gives you the example. Whether fed, that is also mirroring being having plenty. And then whether hungry, also mirroring being in need. And then whether living in plenty or in want. So he's giving you different examples but they are all two pairs talking about need being in need and being um, having plenty so he's defining his contentment and he's saying that he has learned to be content with these circumstances because he can do all things through Christ who gives him strength so the focus here is contentment and specifically trusting God in hard times and trusting God in when things are good. That's what Paul is talking about. You just, this is not, you just, if you don't take the whole paragraph, you would end up taking it and applying it to mean whatever you want it to mean. But Paul is very specific here and we have to understand Paul when he speaks. This is what he means. He's talking about contentment. Great. So let's look at another passage that we like, the one I started with, the famous one, Jeremiah 29:11. Now, what does this passage have to tell us? Jeremiah 29:11. We all like this passage. It says, "For I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future." Yeah, we all read this and we are all very happy and we are all bubbly. But is this talking about me? Is, 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 is Jeremiah talking to me? Remember when we did um, the ones we talked about the Old Testament and how the prophets were directed to speak to the children of Israel and how that is important in our interpretation of the Bible or how we understand the Bible. If you read this text and you directly apply it to yourself you will get it wrong because this text isn't talking to you at least not directly the text is not talking to you the you over there is a reference to the children of israel in fact if you go to the verse one of this jeremiah 29 it says this is the text of the letter that the prophet jeremiah sent to jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priest, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this is a letter 
Jeremiah is sending to the people who are in exile. Remember, God had sent them into exile because they disobeyed and all that. And now God is sending them some letter through Jeremiah to tell them what is coming. And God is saying that, I know the plans that I have for you. So the you is a reference to the children of Israel who are in exile. And God is saying that I'm going to prosper you and I'm not going to bring you harm and all of that. So this, if properly understood, you will, what you see is that this is talking about the children of Israel. It's not talking about you. Now you ask, okay, so does that mean it has no application for me? Of course it does. But we have to avoid reading the Bible and already applying whatever we read to ourselves because we run into a lot of risk of misunderstanding and misinterpretation so we first have to understand the bible the way it was written and to whom it was written and as we read we learn about the character of god and we can apply that to ourselves so for example let's look at how to properly understand this first this is god telling the children of israel that he has good plans for them he is going to prosper them and he's going to um, bring them peace and all of that I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you and, and give you a hope in the future this is the character of God how is this important for me this is important for me because when I see what God is telling the children of Israel I can see that this is coming after God has punished them and he has sent them into exile and God being so loving is saying that after your obedience now I'm bringing you back now I'm going to prosper you what I learned from this is that although God when I go wrong God will punish me when I obey God God will reward me God will bless me so I can learn that I can see that God is loving and when I am faithful to God God will bless me that is helpful to me so I didn't directly apply this to myself by claiming that Oh, this is for me and this is the plan that God has for me it's going to prosper me and not harm me again and has plans to give me a hope in the future I'm not applying that to myself directly I'm using what God is telling the children of Israel to learn about God and know something about God that is eternal that God if I obey him he will bless me so that's what I learned now the reason why this is important is that and why I shouldn't directly apply this to myself is that Okay, if I apply 29.11 to myself, what do I do to Jeremiah 4, 6 and 10, 6 to 10 or 6 to 8? Let me read that. It says, raise, this is the same Jeremiah, okay, raise the signal to, to go to Zion, flee for safety without delay, for I am bringing disaster from the north, even terrible destruction. A lion has come out of its lair. The destroyer of nations has has set out. He has left his place to lay waste your land. Your towns will lie in ruin without inhabitants. Okay, so when I read this, should I just apply it to myself and say, okay, oh, I'm doomed. God is going to kill me. God is going to destroy me. That's the problem with reading the Bible and quickly applying it to yourself as if it is written to you directly. You run the risk of making mistakes again this is written to the children of israel when god warned them to desist from sinful acts and they refused and god said i am bringing disaster to you again i'm not going to apply directly to myself but there's a lot i can learn what i can learn from this is that god 
expects me to be obedient. God expects me to obey his commands and when I don't, there will be consequences. I can learn that from reading this passage. I don't have to apply this passage directly to me that God is telling me that the destroyer is coming and the lion is coming and the, the disaster coming from the north. I don't know whether it means I should move to the southern part of Ghana or something. That's not what the passage is about. I have to read this passage because when I go to the first verse of chapter 4, again, it talks about, or in fact, when I go to the chapter the verse 5 of Jeremiah 4, Jeremiah 4, 5, it says this, announce in Judea and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, and then it continues all the way. So I can see from the verse 5 that this is something God was telling them to announce in Judea. It was a message for the people of Judea. It's not a message for me. Surely I can learn something from it, but it's not a message for me. I cannot pick it and directly apply it to myself. But I can learn a lot about how God deals with us or how God deals with people by studying this text. So I don't have to apply directly to myself and say, this is talking to me directly because it's not. It's God. It's a message that God sent to the children who lived in Judea and in Jerusalem. And then I can learn indirectly from that by, by understanding the character of God even as I study this text. So that's how we study in context. If we do that, we can always be sure that we reduce the chances of making errors or um, applying things to ourselves that don't really apply. But we will enhance our understanding of the text because we can see a lot more about God. We understand a lot more about God. We understand a lot more about ourselves as we read the text properly and we read it in context and we pay attention to words like for, um, because, so that, therefore, and all those things. Because if you go back to the Jeremiah 29 11, there's another for there which says, it says, for I know the plans I have with if it starts to fall, you get it. So, and if you read from the 29, you understand that the, this is given reason the reason why God is going to do all these things that He said He will give them peace, He will give them prosperity, and, and they should pray for the peace and prosperity of the nations and all of that. All of this is because He has plans for them, He has good plans to prosper them and not to harm them and all that. So it helps you to understand what God is telling them and then you can understand you can bring it apply it to yourself by saying okay if God told them this this is how God is this is the character of God and therefore this this or that is what I can expect if I do this or I do that that's how we and we 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 use the Bible or the verses in context so that it helps our understanding and greatly reduces the way we run into errors or um, misunderstand some of the texts because we are lifting them out of context. We're just picking a verse we like and just running with it and most of it leading us to misunderstand what the text is saying. And when we misunderstand what the text is saying, we, our understanding of God will be wrong, our understanding of Christianity will be wrong, and it can lead us to do so many things that we are not supposed to do or God doesn't expect us to do. But it's because we misunderstand the text. 
for example if you misunderstand what paul is talking about in philippians 4 you can all go all the way thinking yes i'm charged up i'm motivated i can do whatever but you miss the point of what paul is saying that we need to learn to be content even in difficult times you completely miss it because all you're thinking about is yes i'm charged up i'm fired up i'm going to achieve so much and all that but paul is saying it's not just about achievement you can also be hungry you can also not have food you can you can be in lack but in all of that he's learned to depend on god so it's important that we learn to understand what the text is saying in its proper context this will really enhance our understanding and will be one more building block to go going a long way to help us evaluate what we believe and what we understand and this is what we are working towards helping us to be able to evaluate what we believe when we hear someone say something we have to be able to know if the person is even quoting correctly or they are misapplying the text because we understand these skills we have these tools at our disposal to be able to evaluate what they are saying to know if they are misapplying or not so once again thank you for joining me if you have any questions leave a comment in in wherever you are listening to this there'll be a place to add a comment or you can follow us on facebook at 830gh your comments and your questions and we can try and answer them for you thank you for joining us we'll see you in the next episode This has been the 8.30 Podcast.